0: Welcome to a brand new episode of the Top Ten Show. I am John Roca,
1: And I am Matt Nost, and we're here to bring you a little bit of joy, a little bit of respite, a little bit of I take a break from the craziness of the real world with us two jackasses as we talk <laughs> about movies.
0: Yeah, uh, something as important and vital to people's lives as movies, and they really are, and probably... Even more so now than they've ever been, uh, people are turning to movies for solace and comfort and escape and what have you right there in the comfort of their home. Some people are going out and venturing onto the theaters, but most of you are probably at home reacquainting yourself with some of the classics or some of the great movies from your collection that you love or maybe discovering some new ones uh, that are available on all the streaming services that I've dropped. I'm telling you, man, these streaming services, there is so much. Much movies to watch. There's there is yeah. a lot of content. People complain, oh, there's no new content. Maybe not, not as much as you would like. But there's so much content already, and I'm sure most of you who have multiple streaming services have like queues that are 100 to 200 uh, titles long because there's so many movies you haven't gotten to yet, or some of the cl- some of the movies you've seen before that you would like to see again. So now's the yeah. time. Um, I
1: don't know you have at your fingertips. You legitimately can find almost any movie that's ever been made.
0: Yeah, right.
1: So long as you search for the streaming service, pay for it on some you know platform, mm-hmm. it's crazy. You have access to every movie by and large that's ever been made.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly.
1: It's, it's pretty. Yeah, I know. They we all complain that there's nothing. <laughs> oh, there's not that much new or. Oh shit, my theater experience has <laughs> right. been kind of ruined for the time being and all that. But, yeah, there's also several thousand movies you've never seen, legitimately.
0: Yes, yeah, right.
1: Um, being so, honest
0: with yourself, yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah, there are. Oh. It's. You know, as many movies as you and I have seen, there's still movies that you haven't seen. Yes,
0: sh- yeah. There's so some um, classics that I haven't seen yeah. that I have to find my way back to, yeah, yeah.
1: Some are by design. Some are just they fell through the cracks, uh, through through no, through no you know overt action on your part. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it happens. So, so quit your bitching, people.
0: That's what we're saying. <laughs> That's what we're trying to get to see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. How are things going for you, man? How how's how was how's been your week? What what's going down? Anything new to report? Anything exciting going on in your world? Yeah. No,
1: no. Just do a little stretching right this second. There you um, go. There you go. Shoulder's been hurting me this week, but I think oh. I just slept on it wrong. Type of old man injury. Right. Really? Uh, I've played frisbee golf three days this week.
0: Wow is that Is that a social distancing thing? You can it's play something it?
1: I could just go out and do on my own. If I oh want to okay, I could. Uh, I don't know if any of my friends here actually play because I before this week I hadn't played in like three or four years, and wow. that time was the first time in for. I couldn't tell you the last time I played before that. So wow. it's not like I, I used to play all the time when I was younger in high school and stuff. Right. But I still have the discs and I'm just like, nah, I'll go out and I found three. It's something you can do. The weather's, you know, gotten nicer, so you can actually get outside and fucking do something.
0: Are there courses that you can play this on?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um so um what it is, you said it's it's golf rules. So it's a par three, a par four. It's rare to find a par five, at least around here. Yeah. Uh And then you're just throwing the disc. You try, you're you're navigating obstacles. Sometimes Mm -hmm. some courses have water hazards. Uh, But usually the bigger hazards are like you're throwing it through trees or you have to go around a bend. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Chavez Ridge is a motherfucker. So it's up in Elysium Park where uh, Dodger Stadium is, right? Yes, yeah. And it's on a ridge. So if you don't play it, like I had to play conservatively. I ended up like two over par um, you know, not bad considering at one point I went to do a putt and because of the fucking incline of the hill, yeah. it started rolling. It's a damn Frisbee. So I had to run after it and whack it with another Frisbee that I had. <laughs> Otherwise, it would have gone down this 250-foot ravine oh, and it's just like oh it's not God. worth the $9 yeah. to go down and search for who knows how long until I find it even though they're bright colors that's why they make them bright colors you can find them in foliage yeah, right it's not it's just not worth it
0: no and it's it's like a lot to I mean you might find a bunch of them too so maybe you'll you find a bunch of them and then you'll be like like when you go hunting for golf balls in the water you're like oh I got a 500 of those things now uh, from going in there yeah
1: uh I, yeah you're more apt to give up on a golf ball though because true if it's a ball, you get boxes at a time you can buy yeah. range balls like there's just it's Losing those is par for the course. I think I've only ever lost one disc. Uh, So it's much worse. It was also the only one that ever had that was gray. Yeah. And I learned that lesson on that disc. And I was like, all right, I'm just buying bright. I got a bright orange one and I got a bright yellow one. Yeah. And then my putter is like this off-white. But it's a putter. So it's always in. You never lose a fucking putter. True. Uh, Yeah. You just go out and. I got a driver. I got basically the equivalent of like a six iron. Oh, nice. And then my putter is like basically the equivalent of a a wedge. Okay. It's not quite a putter, but it's good for in close and whatnot, and it's good enough for a putter. Right, right. So I just go out. Those are my three quote-unquote clubs. And you just – you can do it by yourself. We used to go out in groups of like anywhere from three to six or seven of us.
0: Right. But Just uh, hang out and do it.
1: Yeah. You're just walking around. You play 18, sometimes play 36 and uh, spend a couple hours walking around outside instead of, you know, whatever the fuck else you're going to do.
0: Yeah, true. I got to make myself go out, man, honestly, because, you know, I do so many of the shows that I'm just like whenever I'm out of this room, I'm working on the next show or the next thing, and I'm in the the living room sitting on the couch, like working on the fucking computer. And by the time the day is over, like, you know, the last thing I want to do is go out and try to do any kind of anything. And so we're trying to make ourselves go walk again at night mm-hmm. or at least, you know, after six when everything's done. But it's not always easy, man. I don't know what it is, man. I'm just kind of I've become sedentary, man. I'm getting old. I've just become sedentary. And it's bad for me. I got to figure out, to, you know, what to do. So I I applaud the fact that you're getting making yourself go out there and play and do some kind of physical exercise, man. Yeah,
1: something, man. I've put yeah. on, you know, probably like 10 pounds since this all started. Uh,
0: Ditto, bro. Ditto. It's disgusting.
1: That's, it's, I'm not – it's not as though I'm eating somehow way worse. It's just I'm not getting yeah. the physical exercise So and I'm still eating the same amount.
0: Right, right. Um, so I it's just like, need to do something. It's like taking steroids and not working out. You're just like, I just keep packing it on. Like, yeah, it all exactly. Go? <laughs> I don't need to do
1: this anymore because you don't have the complimentary part. I just need to not eat as big a portions as I do. That's it. But, yeah. That's and tough, we have though. dessert in the house now every fucking night. And i am it's tough not to say yes to dessert. <laughs> I love dessert. I love sweets, man. I love lamp. I love dessert. I love lamp. I love dessert. <laughs> I like them so many different ways. And we've had all kinds of different stuff. Oh, man. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> so thankfully, this joint. Uh, did you ever go to John and Vinny's on yeah, of course. Fairfax?
0: Sure. Been there a few times.
1: Their cookies are. Oh, yeah dynamite and DoorDash yeah, yeah. used to deliver them, but now we're outside of their uh, delivery radius. Yeah. But we used to get just a shitload of time because to make it justifiable. Right. Uh, and now we can't get those, but man, I fucking love those things.
0: It's it was one of those neighborhood places when I lived over there that yeah. you, you had to make reservations. You couldn't just walk over. Um, I mean, okay. you take a chance that the bar might be available but there's only three people that can sit at that bar so okay you take a massive chance walking over there and it, it's one of the one of the real places around that area um that i couldn't just walk into and 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 get a table or or you know yeah. wait a little bit and get a table with john of you have to make a reservation there's so many people it is a small place it's not a big place uh, but no. their food is extraordinary man for the first time ever in my entire life i had their breakfast a pasta breakfast i've never had a pasta breakfast and then one of the few uh evenings when we first started dating then Lily stayed over at my old place uh before we moved in together right at my old place uh mm-hmm. i got up and we had been drinking the night before really bad so we got up and we had hangovers and was we just getting food and i walked over to john Vinny's and got some we ordered some to go and i'd never had that and it was so satisfying to have that for breakfast and i it was scary how good it was because i was okay. like shit Man, because you start having that for breakfast, you start putting that in the equation. That that's a possibility. You're going to start packing it on even more, man. That much pasta in the morning, it's not good.
1: No, I don't know anybody that eats pasta for breakfast. So,
0: <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just yeah. You know, well, well I business don't know. runners
1: do it the night before. They carb load. Right. The right, right, and, uh, <laughs> morning of. I don't know what you're doing. It sounds like it's going to be a hell of a day.
0: It's going to be a bad day, man. You're veering off the course.
1: If you like Italian, uh there's a joint in La Jolla that I think oh, is good. cool. I don't think all it's right. as good as John and because John and Vinny's is really fucking good. You know yeah, what I mean? That's yeah. tough to get to. Yeah. Uh, but it's called Piatti. It's on the okay. um, it's down near the cove. But the nice thing is it's the north side of the La Jolla area. So all the tourists stay down in the cove area. And uh, Piati is a block from the beach. It's this converted like house type of thing. It's yeah. got a great, it's like great for date night. I took people in from out of town. Uh, I took friends there. It was just like it it worked for all kinds of different situations. And it's only like uh, 15, 20 bucks for, you know, your main entree for, you know, a good Italian place. That's cheap. Yeah. Because Italian gets pricey pretty fucking quick if you want it to.
0: Fair point. Yeah, it it does. It can. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's true.
1: For pasta, (laughs) man. And they start charging like $28 and you're like, dude, it's fucking pasta. Can make it this. better be really good. In some places it is. And you're like, all right, you earned your $28. Good for you. Yeah, 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 And other people will be like, mm, we both know that was not worth
0: it. That's what frustrated me about Magianos, man. They they jacked their prices up in their spaghetti and meatballs. I'm like, $18? Are you fucking crazy? $18 for spaghetti and meatballs from a chain? Enough. Are you nuts? Come on.
1: It's like uh 12. You go to certain Mexican places and they're they're carne asada plate or their carnitas plate that's what i usually gravitate towards is a carnitas plate type of thing
0: yeah yeah and carnitas is great
1: you go to uh, like somewhere like casa verde uh, casa verde mm-hmm. and when i went in there and i was like they're charging like 19 for their you know for their pork it's fucking yeah. pork i've been yeah. to a million and then you have it you'd be like you know what you guys did it so well that I, it's justifiable that was really good <laughs> like i still know what it's made i can make carnitas at home i've done it but the right. spices—it's the perfect amount of tender. It's the perfect like—it's worth it for that. Uh But yeah, you know, if I can, yeah, Biotti, yeah. yeah. check it out. You might like if you like Italian. I think you'll dig it.
0: I just texted Lily right now as you were talking about it, so I don't forget about it. Oh, will go uh, hang out because I mean, dude, around here where we live, all of am gonna you is there's a lot of you know nice places to go get food. There's decent places. There's good places. But they're not like what I'm used to in LA, which was like stone's throw away. I could go wherever I wanted well, for a great meal.
1: You live in a less populated area, and it's actually a bunch of new it's housing. True. So that's what yes, you're going to get.
0: It's very true. So, yeah.
1: My sister cool. lives roughly in that area, and it's. Oh, yeah. Carl Strauss is hands down the best thing by her. <laughs> hands down. It's not even close.
0: That has been an option in our minds at certain times. Dude, yeah.
1: We've tried sushi up there, it was yeah. terrible. They have a great pizza place up there that does a, a grandma style. Which is like the thick pillowy. Yeah. yeah. It was like focaccia bread. Um, I can text you that one. I don't know Please if it's still do. open. But they have that, and their salads are fucking dynamite. Really? Like a dynamite. And you get that, you get like a salad and a slice, and it's totally fucking worth it. It's pricey, okay. but it's worth it. Right. Outside of that though, like I've had Italian food that was mediocre up there. I've yep. had Mediterranean food that was mediocre up yeah. there. I've yep. had it's all a bunch of mediocrity. Everything I know really, in San Diego's yeah. down, PB La Jolla. Right, those area. are the
0: better areas where they would have that kind of stuff. That's yeah, where I absolutely. lived,
1: so that's what I know.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, so I'm curious to see where she's taking us to dinner tomorrow night for my birthday. As we're recording this, my birthday's tomorrow. But for people listening, but like, I'm curious to see because uh, she likes to research and pick out. She's real picky about restaurants, so I'm curious to see where she's going to take us tomorrow night for 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 dinner. You know, I, I have no idea. So you know, it's going to be. All in her hands.
1: Once the world goes back to normal, you might like Turf Club.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. It's like this kind of, um, how would you say it? Rat Packy Swingers, but authentic, small, tiny little place where you buy a steak, but they have these small communal grill areas. Yeah. And it's bricked up and it's an old, I think it's wood fired and wow. you know four or five people can stand around it and you cook your own steaks and all that so it's oh, just, yeah it's, but it's like a they only charge you i don't know like 12 14 bucks for a steak right but it's a good steak yeah and because they're not paying for a cook they give you the discount there and it just got yeah. like 25 people can fit in there 30 people uh but it's not close to you it's like probably 12 15 minutes away
0: well that's fine with me but I, because I, I know when we went to when we go to Comic Con every year in San Diego downtown, we'll go over to that. Uh, it's called, I think it's called the New York Strip Club or something like that. Same mm-hmm. kind of deal, right there in the Gaslamp District. You they give you like you know monster portions of the side stuff, uh, and then you pick out your steak or you you know tell them how much, it, and then you cook it there on the grill with oh, other okay. people standing around. It's pretty cool. I, I dig it. So to know that there's a place even closer, uh, I'm absolutely down for that. Yeah, because I and like that be, idea of cooking.
1: You'll thing. be paying less. Yeah. And getting still good quality.
0: Absolutely, man. Yeah, Yeah. uh, (sighs) Yeah. I gotta find those restaurants because she's lactose intolerant. So I have to find places where I, you know, she can pick from the menu stuff to eat. So uh, steak works. Steak absolutely works.
1: There's a burger Mm -hmm. joint in Crown Point, uh, which is PB meets Mission Beach area. Okay. And. Saturdays and Sundays, the line starts. They get in there to start making the burgers at 6 in the morning, 5 in the morning, something like that. They used to know a cook that worked there. Uh-huh. And they have a line out the door until they close, which is, I think, early afternoon. It's a bar that just wow. sells burgers, and everybody loves their fucking burgers. Oh, my God. And it's just it's single patty, two patties, cheese, no cheese, and okay. fries. And
0: that's Good. all they do. I'll take any suggestion you got, man. Yeah. Any suggestion.
1: Where's my, I think it's Hodad's in Ocean Beach. I think okay. it's fine. It's a okay. better in and out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, I don't, I'm not as big a burger con- connoisseur as others. So there's probably like five other spots in town. Right, 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 right. I mean, yeah, I, I just never seek it
0: out. Anyway, go ahead. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I hear you. I'm trying to make an effort to get more seafood into the diet. So I'm trying to find places. That have good seafood as well, decent seafood around here. And so just trying to figure all that out, you know. So that, that's an also the, ne- also the next step, but a good burger, I'll never say no to. So that's good to know. Um, the, yeah.
1: The best sushi I've ever had in my life is in, it's in PB. So my future cousin in law. Uh huh. Uh, he had come out there for business and he was coming out and he was like, Hey, I'm going to be in town. I'd never met him. He was like, you want to meet me in sushi? And I lived three blocks away, but it was in the strip mall next to a seven 11 in PB uh, and not in the good section of PB, like just over near the freeway. It's as soon as you get off the freeway it's right fucking there. Right. And us and all Japanese businessmen, they spoke very little English and it was st- incredibly good. Wow. Uh, the Toro was out of this world. It's the only time I've ever liked, uh, what is it, Unagi? Is that the street at uh, the sea urchin?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's the only time I've ever liked it. And it was, I mean, I could have eaten 50 of them. It was that wow. good. Okay. And I've never liked it since. I've tried it like five more times yeah, no trying place. to recapture, you know, what I had there.
0: Chasing that dragon.
1: Chasing that dragon, but <laughs> It was also years ago, so who knows if it's any good. Yeah. Still, yeah. it's been an, over a decade since I ate there. But I know. Piotti, okay. I've been there a hundred times, and it's right. been the same every time, and it's good. Turf Club's the same every time because you're cooking the shit.
0: Yeah, right. All uh, right, that sounds good to me, man. I'm yeah, down. and I'll send you the pizza joint. I'll have to please, look it please, I'm down. Uh, but we're not here to talk about food in the uh, greater San Diego area. We're here no, to talk I'm about. I'm
1: forward to dinner now. <laughs> yeah, so am I. Like,
0: when I get a I mean, we acid. had.
1: A, I made a great dinner last night, so this night we're eating now. I don't know what the fuck oh, we're gonna nice. get, I'm Starting nice. to think about like what our options might be. <laughs> It's got a lot of things on the menu now.
0: Yeah, a lot of things to choose from. (laughs) Um, And uh, we had a lot of movies to choose from for this list. Nice segue. Great segue. (laughs) Thank you. Totally Uh, validated. (laughs) We are counting down uh, the top ten movies based on a true story from 2000 to 2009. Uh, And this is a uh, – oh, you're frozen, Matt, a little bit. So hopefully you'll come back here in a second. Uh, But uh, it is uh, um, uh, brought to you by one of our patrons here. On the top 10, there you go. You're good to go now. Uh, one of our patrons here on the top 10, she suggested the list. We haven't used one of her suggestions in a very long time, so uh, it was nice to be able to c- have someone new suggest something. And, it, again, if you're at a certain level, you get the per- you get the per- perks of suggesting topics. Mm-hmm. Some of you who are at this level don't send in your topics, but you can. You can absolutely suggest stuff. Maybe you're just happy donating, but we just want to encourage you to send in topics if you like. We like to choose people who haven't been chosen before
1: uh yeah and angela dashner is sending pardon me is sending in uh the topic this time and and uh, we asked her hey would you want to do 2000 2009 um does yeah. that pocket because she said you know the, just the top 10 based on a true story and yeah. dear god every five years there's 10 more that you can make a discussion about from just those five years mm-hmm. Type of mm-hmm. i think there's a lot of meat on this bone let's you know uh and this way, we can talk about uh, different movies. And yeah, whatnot. now Absolutely. I will say this: after having compiled all the potential options, yeah, uh, I made two lists. One of all okay. movies that I don't think we've ever talked about, or maybe only talked about once. Okay, and then one that is probably my more honest. Okay. So which
0: list are you going to use?
1: Uh, I'm going to do the ones we never talk about because that way we can talk about some movies we never talk about.
0: Sure. Sounds good.
1: And then I'll give any any of your movies that match up with mine. Mm -hmm. I think we'll give those more weight in the final list because that's a truer representation of what they would be. This is just a way to talk about some more movies for once. That's
0: fair. Totally fair. All right. Um, So you're trying to up the game by coming in with two lists, motherfucker. You're trying to play play hard now.
1: It's That it was not the intent. Just, I started going through all the years, and I very easily could have missed some. So if that comes up and be like, hey, what about uh, such and such type of thing? Uh, yeah. Like, oh, I completely forgot, but it's a pretty big list. Okay. Uh, you know, quite a bit of different stuff. So anyway, I, I'm going to go with the lesser. Maybe, okay. maybe some of those will end up making your list. I don't know.
0: We shall see. We shall see. Um, uh, all right. Uh, so, uh, Matt, you want to tell them how the show works?
1: Once we set a topic, we go our individual ways and create personal top ten lists. Show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one uh, one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top ten lists, we create the shows between the two of us.
0: Boom. All right. All right. Uh, Matt, you want to start us off? You got, our, you got to your ten from your list of?
1: Yes, of the least we haven't about. really talked about. Okay, let's do it. At ten, I've got the Diving Bell and the Butterfly.
0: Oh, fantastic film! That's my number nine on my actual list. Love this film.
1: Is it really?
0: Yep, yep. Love this film.
1: Uh, I saw that in San Diego in uh, mm. in Hillhurst. It was the okay. only place playing that. In uh, there's a small, smaller theater there that used to play art house films, and yeah. ones out there. And uh, I've only seen it the once, but it's always stuck with me.
0: Oh yeah, really? Okay.
1: Well, I still remember him just kind of just being in that 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 physical state of you can't do anything but your brain is still active you're still yeah.
0: alive yeah
1: it's like have you ever seen the uh, you know video for and justice for all that's about a movie of a soldier coming back and he's got locked in syndrome and he can't mm-hmm. get out of it and whatnot uh right. that's where i learned about such a thing but anyways to, to see it in a movie and the you know what he was and what he is and how basically he has to evolve yeah the thing um <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's one of those ones that you know. We I know when we first started doing the show for first the first few years, you know, people be like, "Oh, Roca's European corner." This is one of those ones that, like, when I saw uh, in the early two thousands or the you know two thousand, like I was like so um, uh, enamored by for so many reasons. And I went and saw it. I remember it was either a Christmas break or I'd just flown home for whatever reason. And I went uh, to see it at Sherlington, the Sherlington there near Virginia, in Virginia, rather. And I was I just remember sitting there and then after the movie was over, just sitting through the credits. And I'd never done that. Right. I know they do that in L.A. uh, all the time now. But I just that was the first movie I can remember ever sitting through the entire credits all the way to the end because. I just wanted to savor the experience a little bit longer from what I just experienced. i have never seen any movie like that. Um, yeah. He uh, all through, like you said, all through the eye. He has this uh, condition, uh, and everyone is trying to show him the world, uh, and he's still experiencing the world as much as he can through the limited lens that he has to experience it. And you're watching it through his eyes, and then you, or eye at times, and then you're watching it, you know, outside of it. And it's fascinating and it's some great acting work. Yeah. Uh, I think his name uh, is uh, Matthew Al- Alamanec or Alamanic. He was the villain in Quantum of Solace for James Bond, but he is the guy, the main guy. And I bought this a couple of years ago on Blu-ray because I just was like, I got I to have this film oh, wow. still. Yeah, it's that good of a film for me. It has stayed with me like you, Matt, a kind of civil experience. So uniquely, uh, so, such a unique film. Uh, and I had such a unique experience with it that I, I I caught it same thing with see inside the Javier Bardem film those two mm-hmm. films to me are companion films they're completely unique and dealing with a, a physical disability and how that affects how you view the world how you process the world uh, and I, so I, I really enjoyed that film so I'm just, it's great that's on your list man
1: uh, yeah I don't I and I don't know if I'll ever go back to see it again but I can still mm-hmm. play scenes in my head right um, which says, you know, what did that come out? 2000, I would say five.
0: Yeah, early in the 2000s, certainly. Yeah. Um, Maybe even. Let's see here.
1: Actually, I don't know. I can tell you it was 2007, oh, 2007. Wow. Okay. 2007. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was, yeah, I was looking for something to do at night instead of drink. So I went and saw a movie.
0: Right, right. Oh, it's okay. That's understandable, dude.
1: Yeah. yeah. it was after I quit drinking. I know I was sober at that time, and it was just yeah. like, you know, you're bored some nights. And I wasn't going to go back to drinking anyway, but you got to fill your time. So I just went and started seeing as many movies as I could in the theater.
0: Right, right. Uh, oh, and, the main, and the main girl is in Frantic. She's the main, like, kind of French girl in Frantic, the Harrison Ford movie from back in the early 80s or 90s, rather. So
1: what was Frantic?
0: Eighty-eight is it? Nineteen eighty-eight? Yeah, it's the no, one he did with. No. I think I think Polanski directed that one. What's yeah, it about? Uh, in a hotel, in a hotel room in Paris, a doctor comes out of the shower and finds that his wife has disappeared. He soon finds himself caught up in a world of intrigue, espionage, oh,
1: yeah, gangster, okay.
0: drugs, and murder. Ah,
1: I forgot about that movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Betty Buckley plays his wife, I think. Yeah, Betty Buckley plays his wife, and then Emmanuel Seigneur is the French woman i think that's connected to the kidnappers of his wife and so he's trying to figure out what happened there i mean he's got these films uh harrison does with these wives situations you know like frank uh, like uh what uh what's well, the one with uh, tommy well, lee jones that
1: oh tommy lee
0: like the fugitive the fugitive there you go that kind of situation you
1: like got that, that what uh regarding henry right
0: regarding henry yeah sabrina sabrina yeah yeah
1: uh that's not a wife
0: though he's trying to make oh. her his wife. True. Yeah. But family stuff, wife stuff, certainly. Uh, but yeah, frantic. I remember that. So yeah, cool. And it's uh, I think it's Julian Schnabel, who did it. Who did that Basquiat film? I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Julian Schnabel. I hope I'm saying that right. That <laughs> annoying. Yeah, Basquiat before night falls, then the diving bell and the butterfly, then a documentary, then Moral and At eternity's gate. So that's the last. So yeah, interesting uh, career. Only six movies. Six movies. Since 1996. Wow. Um, He's a painter or an artist as well. Uh, Anyway, all right. Um, What's your number nine?
1: Uh, My number nine is Capote.
0: Oh, good one, man. Yep, yep, yep. Uh,
1: Phil Seymour Hoffman, he is doing Capote going to Kansas to write what becomes In Cold Blood. Right. Um, And uh, it's such a, I mean, Truman Capote is a very unique individual. Mm-hmm. Mannerisms,
0: <laughs> the least,
1: yeah, yeah. It, mannerisms, speech patterns, his right. view of the world, uh, how you know how he interacts with others and whatnot. He's, he's kind of a singular individual. And yeah. the weird thing is, there was two of these that came out roughly around the same time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Infamous uh, was the other one with Toby yeah, Jones. Yeah, I did yeah, not yeah. see that
1: one. I saw Capote. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, the, it's deep impact and Armageddon. It's volcano and why you know why does this shit keep happening Mm -hmm. uh but anyway so two Truman Capotes um it it if you know anything about him it's an interesting character exploration to see him instead of the only way that I had known about him was uh seeing old clips of him on on talk shows and shit
0: yeah right Uh,
1: and that was before my time really because by the time he you know passed and whatnot he wasn't in my here so to speak so, to get a better understanding of who he was and how he came about to discover the story, flesh mm-hmm. it out, you get an interaction with the characters that the book, the book is based upon I can't remember the name uh
0: yeah, the just, two guys yeah, yeah
1: yeah, I, it just it was super interesting just as a character study
0: to me Hey, um, one of on them the Oscar, one' on the Oscar. It's fantastic, yeah. yeah. Agree.
1: I don't know how many people have seen Capote and we've never talked about it to the best of my knowledge.
0: Yeah, it's on my um, honorable mentions and I think Catherine Keener is his assistant for this um, playing Harper Lee who of course ends yeah. up writing To Kill a Mockingbird um, and in the infamous one, Sandra Bullock plays Harper Lee uh, to Toby Jones's Truman Capote. I think that's right. Uh, but yeah, and I think Clifton Collins plays uh, one of the killers or the killer of the two brothers um, uh, in the film. And remember him, he's in, uh, he's been a number of things, but he's certainly in uh, uh, Star Wars, the 2009 Star Wars as Eric Bana, uh, sorry, Star Trek rather, as Eric Bana's like secondhand man, who's the Romulan Mm. guy. Um, So yeah, he's a part of it. Yeah, there's Catherine Keener. Yeah, she plays Harper Lee. So yeah, yeah. Excellent film, dude. I I remember seeing it, theater. thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and really liked his performance. And it's one of those ones where he's the focus. And yes, they're clearly he's trying to win an Oscar with this. But the film itself is actually damn good. It's not just a vehicle yeah. to help him with an Oscar. Like, right, right. Yes, great point. Not Word. like Trumbo. Right.
1: Yeah, Cranston right. is great in it, but the movies movies all right. Yeah, it's better than Black Mass. Mm-hmm. Where it's about Johnny Depp, but right, the
0: movie's not as good.
1: I think it's important if you're going to win Best Actor that the movie around you is good. Yeah, Rami yep. Malek I'm looking your way, buddy. <laughs> I don't get it. I agree with you, my man. To say that's an Oscar-winning performance? Yeah. Eddie Redmayne and the Theory of Everything. Yeah. How? Yeah. Really? That's the Oscar for that year. Is it good? Sure. Sure. Was I blown away? Like, if you're just if. To focus on a singular individual and one we know, yeah, we got to fucking crush it.
0: Uh, I don't disagree with you. Like Lincoln. Yeah. not that good of a movie, but great performance.
1: See, I, I like the movie, but I understand the, the, what people point out. But right. Dave Lewis is next level, right?
0: It's absolutely next level, man. <laughs> um, if they could edit the film down to where it's just his scenes, I would probably enjoy watching that. Um, I would
1: watch a one man show of him. <laughs>
0: that's a great
1: point yeah kidding. i would watch a fucking one-man show of him
0: i actually love that idea i would too i would love it uh bennett miller who directed capote has only ever has only done two other films man moneyball and foxcatcher damn i know dude
1: I that's know. three very i just watched moneyball again like uh, three weeks ago a month ago
0: oh did you enjoy it is it still good yeah. does it hold up still uh, good yeah um it's kind of crazy that film's gonna be 10 years old next year Fuck me. Ten years old. Yeah. Moneyball. Feels like it was yesterday. <sighs> the, years are, the years are flying by, man. Just right through my fingers, man. Uh, all right. Anyway, <laughs> what's your number eight, man?
1: My number eight is The Last King of Scotland.
0: Oh, great choice. Oh, I love that movie. Shit.
1: It's a, it almost slipped through the cracks, man, and I eventually oh, saw shit, uh, I should put that
0: on. My, you know what? Mm. Yeah. Yeah 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 Yeah. Mm. uh yeah okay never mind no no you take it you take it it, you take it i think we're gonna find a way to put that it's such a goddamn good movie dude the
1: farting scene is so good (laughs) the james mcavoy forrest whitaker and he comes in he puts that cricket bat he has to relieve the gas you can uh, technically die from that
0: yes you can
1: yeah uh and, you know, thinks he's dying, thinks he's dying, and just helps him let out this giant chi- But it, it, the weird thing is it humanizes the devil.
0: Yeah, right, right.
1: Which you need to do, um, because otherwise you're doomed to fall for, you know, the devil's charms again if you don't understand. Right. That it's just a fucking scumbag. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, two excellent performances from McAvoy and Forrest Whitaker. And it was yeah. really kind of... At that point, you're expecting McAvoy to be in all these types of serious movies and Oscar contenders and right. kind of year in, year out. He was the, on some level like a, a junior Timothy Chalamet.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that.
1: Yeah. Chalamet is more mainlined. He's going to have an Oscar very soon. Right. Uh, whereas McAvoy has been derailed a little bit from that. Uh, yeah. But he chased the X Men kind of
0: brass that money. ring took that money every once in a while though he you know like he was great in Split um he's really great at that killer in Split and then of course what he did in Glass uh he's really good in that as well uh you know I I say he's good in those things but I hear what you're saying he's not you know going after that in a certain way that other like other actors do so yeah yeah
1: Chalamet seems like he's outside of Dune but Dune could have Oscar potential
0: Right, And even Dune looks like an art house independent film Masquerading as a massive large film Yeah Um, yeah. I mean Forrest Whitaker is so good in here And uh, the tension Of the film throughout What it must be like to be around a man like this That at any moment um, On a whim Will kill people On a whim will I mean that scene where you see Where he sees them Sewing the legs onto people's arms Fuck I, the 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 reaction and me in the theater, I lost my shit. we seeing that because I'm like, that's that's a level of um, sociopath psychopathy that I cannot conceive of or understand. And that kind of that is really dehumanizing anyone around you, you know. And of course, and it's happening to someone like Kerry Washington, you know, who comes off as I think it's Kerry Washington who's in the movie.
1: Mm, um, sounds right. I have to look it up.
0: Yeah. And what she and, and you're just like, oh, my God, this is his revenge. This kind of madness is his revenge. And then them sticking the hooks into his fucking oh. chest and yanking him up. And you're just like, oh, my God.
1: What? You know, and McAvoy goes into a doe-eyed.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Because he symbolizes the West. The West yeah. thinks, you know, oh, I'll just I'll come in. and you, really you know, be, Yeah. Right. You know what
1: I mean? Maybe I can change him. All he needs is like a good voice in his ear. Yeah. I, uh, he needs an angel on his shoulder. Yeah, right. It's the depravity it's, of an individual that has uh, power and rules by fear and yeah. violence.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh,
1: and it's just yeah. Ugh. in modern society, too, that this can go on.
0: Yeah. Right. And be yeah. allowed to go on. You know, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's not worth the time of others to shut it down. Yeah.
0: Nothing uh, scares me more to be stuck in. in in Africa, in the middle of something like that, because you've seen Rwanda, you've seen these genocides, you these like there's just there's such a level of violence on that continent. Sometimes you're just like, oh my god, that's just that's insane, you know. And look, I know every uh, power has its history of doing, including incredibly terrible things, but what you see on that continent, some of these countries sometimes can just really scare the shit out of you, man. Um, well, in my opinion, it's just my opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, we don't have video of or news reports, accurate news reports of Europe's awful history. Of life. course.
0: Right. I mean, we have the it Holocaust, so certainly that. Well, know. yeah,
1: you don't have, oh, here's an eyewitness to this interrogation.
0: Right, right. Um, yeah.
1: So <laughs> yeah we're fair. all guilty of it. It's just oh. they're doing it more often in a, the current times.
0: Yes, that's what it is. It's about a, occurring during modern times. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. we we see it more, but... I can't imagine what it would have been like, you know, the Aztecs are having a bad day. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you know what? Pretty sure 10,000 people need to have their hearts ripped out by tomorrow so the sun comes up. You're like, what? (laughs) Hey, 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 guys. Hey, now. uh, (laughs) I'm pretty sure the sun's going to come up tomorrow.
0: You know, I got he, some. I got some. Can we just wait and see what happens before yeah. we start taking my heart out? I just. Walking. Can we just wait till the morning? Give me to the morning. Or the Spanish Inquisition. Uh, oh God! Yeah, right.
1: The I mean the joke of you know, it's not guilty if he sinks or if she sinks. <laughs>
0: right, right. The wood or whatever.
1: Yeah, uh, uh,
0: it's just, no lie. It's no lie, man. Yeah, Catholic Church is littered with its history of terrible, we, terrible things.
1: Dude. Pick a, pick a civilization that's been around long enough. Pick a
0: yeah, one. right. You can do that's it for point. all of them.
1: Yeah. Like Inuits, I have no idea what happened, but they got something in their past.
0: Maybe you'd say so, I don't know. How I don't be. know, but people are people, man. <laughs> that's true. How can that be? Uh, how, by the way, the guy, the guy who directed this one also directed Black Sea, one of the top ten's favorite oh, films. Oh, really? Yeah, Did Kevin MacDonald.
1: Yeah, a very quality submarine film that has nothing to do technically with war.
0: Yeah, but it kind of fits, though, doesn't it, Matt? Because that kind of – the look of it is very similar to Last King of Scotland, that kind of darker mm-hmm. look to it, the kind of, like, the, the tension throughout. and So it does a really great job uh, on both of those movies, uh, he does. so. Uh, all right, that was your eight? That was my eight. Okay, so my ten uh, uh, is The Queen. Okay, go for yeah. it. Uh I you know I've said it before on the show I'm times, I'm a hundred times I'm I'm a Anglophone I love British stuff but I really enjoy this movie and it is a movie I go back to numerous times you know Helen Mirren playing the queen dealing with the loss of Princess Diana the death of Princess Diana and how she was shocked at how the public responded in such a, a devastatingly uh, a devastating heartbroken way and she didn't get it for such a long time and Michael Sheen playing uh, Prime Minister Tony Blair kind of struggling with her to get it to understand what's happening to understand to get her to come to the table to 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 kind of uh deal with the fact that diana was this very beloved person amongst uh the brits and amongst british society uh and uh how that is how she kind of negotiates that uh and of course her own struggles as a as a woman in a man doing a man's in a man's world, rather not doing a man's job, but in a man's world, dealing with like uh, the, the expectations and the frustrations of it all, uh, and then also being queen, you know, trying to navigate that and navigate uh, her son, who's a bit of a a uh, bit of a crafty little uh, coward, and, and how to navigate that as well. So all of that, it's just a fantastic performance from her and uh, Michael Sheen. Just great stuff between both of them, and it's just one I go back to all the time. You know, just love it to pieces, so. I need to see it. Oh, you've never seen The Queen? Nope. Interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm sure Catherine has, right?
1: No, Yeah. if it was a TV show, yes, which <laughs> The Crown is, but right. We, for some reason, sitting down to watch two-hour movies, no, although she's got a good excuse for it now, which is she prefers TV because the character development is so much fuller. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I just don't think you have the patience to sit through a movie. It's
0: funny we we have we're essentially look, we didn't know each other uh, from Adam before we started doing this show, man. Yeah. But our, our girl, our your wife, my girl, couldn't be more similar. I mean, like yeah. Lily, Lily won't watch a, a British movie. She'll watch British shows to the end of time, but British movies, she just gets bored by it. all. It's mind blowing, dude. Hey,
1: I oh, I don't. We'll watch three episodes, and that's three hours
0: yeah that's what i said in my head i'm like this is a two-hour movie a fucking thing yeah what's the difference we can even stop an hour in so you can think it's an episode sure <laughs> sure
1: take a it little intermission
0: <laughs> go get some popcorn and a yeah, soda
1: come back exactly.
0: it doesn't work though um we started okay. gangs of london have you been watching gang, or did you watch gangs of london
1: which one is that
0: that's the the kid from uh peaky blinders the younger kid joe cole his dad um, cole cole at dies the beginning and then he has to like uh, it's like eight episodes or ten episodes where he's negotiating, being in charge of this uh, uh, political. I'm sorry, this crime family in Britain and London. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, fuck yeah! It's four episodes. It's the guys who did the raid, uh, Gareth Evans. They they did the whole series, and some of the fight sequences are very raid like. Uh, still believable, but still, but very raid like. So it's pretty awesome. I just recommend it. So,
1: have you ever watched Ripper Street?
0: Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. I used to watch Ripper Street all the time when wow. it was on uh, BBC America. Matthew I McFadden. I like that show. You don't like it?
1: Watched like three episodes of season one and it was like, now. Nah. And then two years later, or something, we're like, you know what? Let's start a season. I mean, this thing, most British shows are two seasons of six episodes a season and yeah. they're done. And this one was much longer and you're like, maybe this isn't the exception. It was so good. So we're like, we'll start in season two. Same thing. I think we got four episodes in. We're like, no.
0: Yeah. No, I hear no. you, man. Uh, it's, it's a slog. Cause it's not a six episode series, it's like 12 to 14 episodes a season. I think uh, Ripper street. Which I'm fine with it. Yeah. I just, I don't it's know. It's too in. much. No, I get it, dude. I get it. It was one, like I didn't watch the last season because I kind of had started checking my phone during the second season during every episode. And when that started to happen, that was telling me that yeah, it wasn't that strong. Yeah, exactly. You think, oh, Jesus Christ. It went for five seasons? Holy fuck. Yeah. I and it's been that. around for a while. Like, the, wow. the show does that. Yeah, look at how many seasons. Jesus, Mary, mother of it's God. It's got a good cast.
1: And I just don't give a shit. <sighs> wow.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a good cast. And you have an American in that cast, which is an interesting way they make that work. Um yeah, Matthew McFadden, who's in succession, of course. He's the lead of it. So, but yeah, yeah, I hear you. Whitechapel is another one if you ever get a chance. huh?
1: Uh, the other dude was in Game of Thrones. Um, yes, yes. I can't remember. I think I've seen, I know I've seen Broadchurch. Mm-hmm. Broadchurch uh, is good. Anyway, neither here nor there.
0: Yeah, Fair point. Um, all right, so that was Queen number 10, nine, Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Number eight for me is uh, Good Night and Good Luck.
1: Well, what are the odds of this? Okay, that's my seven. I don't I don't. know. Oh. Has, has what is this, made one list? Maybe when we did uh, yeah. Clooney movies way back when?
0: I think so. I think so. Um, and this would be a contender for black and white movies, in my mind. Modern black, black and, and white, white movies. Movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but this one is, once again, fantastic. Fantastic. I think Clooney directs this one. He does. I think it was his debut. Uh, and, of course, this is uh, David Strather and it's Edward R. Murrow. Dealing with the Red Scare at that time and what that yeah, is about, yeah, with McCarthyism exactly. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is in this thing too, as like a radio produ- as a producer uh, for I think CBS uh, radio, mm-hmm. um, and all. And so they're dealing with all of this, uh, this idea of, of uh, McCarthyism and the Red Scare and communists in America in the fifties, all of this, and uh, pushing back against the Red Scare, pushing back against this idea of. Um, you know, sensationalism about the Russians, you know, and we're well, seeing it now nowadays as well. Uh, mm-hmm. How that information can be manipulated or twisted to make people believe a certain thing, and then uh, having people who are in positions of power who want to push that narrative, uh, and uh, Edward R. Murrow resisting because he sees what it could lead to, and so the film is is uh, in black and white is brilliant because it puts you back in that time mentally. But then the scenes are so incredibly well-written and tight. And this is a, a masterpiece in acting from David Strathern, who is a well-known character actor, rarely gets to lead a show or a movie yeah. even, and getting letting him lead the show. And Clooney's in it too, but letting him lead this film was just a brilliant choice by Clooney. And he's excellent. He's excellent in the movie.
1: Yeah, Strathern doesn't... He's always second, third, fourth, sometimes mm-hmm. ninth fiddle. Like,
0: yeah. He's
1: just such an... Excellent actor Mm -hmm. that he brings the same, you know, work ethic to tiny little side role and say something like Sneakers. Yeah. Where he is like sixth banana in that film, seventh banana. Uh, And it's just as good as anything he's done there, all the way up to, you know, where he's fronting movie Good Night and Good Luck. Right. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's the ideals of what you would hope we always kind of exist with. Yeah. There's a menace, like a scare. And you worry about some threat that doesn't really exist, but you can, you can demonize groups of people for no other thing than just pure accusation. Yeah. Uh, And standing up against that, even though it almost has like a, an indifferent kind of swell. Mm -hmm. People don't know what they could do to stop it anyway. So, just yeah. like, ah, and it's maybe potentially taking out bad people. So, I'm ultimately kind of fine with it. Just like, yeah. Yeah, this is a recipe for disaster. You have to see it for what it is. Yeah. Just yeah. unchecked power, like baseless accusations, destroying people on nothing but hearsay. Right. They're fine as long as you're in power. Right. Right. The day that you're not. So, to see Murrow stand up to it is a really interesting retelling of what that was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's so ironic it because it feels like, uh, that's essentially what the McCarthyism was basically trying to cancel people who didn't, you know, what they use now to cancel culture, but trying to cancel people who they suspected might yeah. be, you know, talking to the communists or going to a communist gathering. A communist right. sympathizer. Yeah, communist, exactly, exactly. And yeah. now you're what seeing...
1: Does that even mean?
0: <laughs> right, and you're seeing the... And now you're seeing the, uh, the children of them complaining about cancel culture, which, you know, has been around f- since the dawn of time, in my opinion. Um. All right. where are we up to next? You're a seven.
1: Uh. Well, that that was my seven.
0: Oh, sorry. Yes, you're six.
1: So my six is another Clooney, hmm. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind.
0: That's a great choice, man. Love that movie. Didn't make my list, but I love that movie.
1: The idea that uh, was it Barrett is his last name.
0: Chuck? Yeah, Chuck Barrett.
1: Yeah, Chuck Barrett. The idea that Chuck Barrett is creator and producer and host of Gong Show, but secretly so according to his memoir, he was a spy and secret agent for the yeah. CIA. And yeah. uh I mean, what a great outlandish tale.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. A
1: Paul Bunyan for our times, if you
0: will. <laughs> if you will.
1: Only he believes it. Is it fable? Is it myth? Is it real? <laughs> Only, I guess, the CIA and good old Chuck know it. Uh, and solid directing from, uh, you know, George Clooney. I think this yeah. was his first.
0: Oh, really? I Maybe th- you're right. Maybe you're right. Yeah. Um, Chuck Barris. Sorry, it's Barris. Is Barris. There movie. you go. Okay. I, oh. I used to watch the gong show all the time growing up because it was my dad's favorite show to watch. Yeah, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, then There's Good Night.
1: Sam Rockwell getting a shot yes. into the
0: movie. Yep, yep. Yeah.
1: And the reports out of that were uh, Rockwell didn't get along with anybody on the cast. Wow. Like, really? Clooney and him didn't really care for each other. And I think Julia wow. Roberts has a small part in it. And she does. They yeah. weren't bad-mouthing him, but they weren't singing his praises either. <laughs> Interesting. Remember? Yeah. But uh, that was when the movie came out.
0: Right. Maybe he swung in there, young actor, thinking he's got everything. And so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or he yeah. went full method and he was just Barrett the whole time.
0: Right, right. Oh yeah, Rutger Ruck, Howard's in this too. He has a small part. Matt Damon, Brad yeah. Pitt.
1: It's got a hell of a cast. They're all like doing a small, tiny little parts. It's his first director directorial debut. <laughs> yeah, so he's calling in favors. Uh, right. Yeah, just the idea that, I mean, I walked out of it going, "Do you? Do I think that he thinks that is true?"
0: Right. Yeah. Which is what he they want you to think, right? They when you call this so yeah, uh, movie. did oh, a great job. Yeah. So
1: that's also Barris. I can't tell if this is genuinely tongue in cheek.
0: Right. Right.
1: Or right. you're trying to pass off that you were some sort of secret agent. Like it's just the ridiculousness of it. And Rockwell is great and it's it's got I think it's got the the perfect light type of direction. Yeah. It's not. It never gets too heavy, but it also doesn't go like pure comedic type of thing. So it finds yeah. a, a good balance. And for you know, I've you know, I have I've watched it a, a few times since it came out, and I think it's Clooney showing early on. Unfortunately, he's had some misfires since then. But yeah, Siriana, we both are fans of. Yes, yes. Um, all the uh, what monuments men? Maybe not so much.
0: Well, he didn't direct Syriana. Stephen Gag- uh, Gagan or Gaga? He directed Syriana. I- I thought Clooney Clooney won the Oscar for that, but he didn't direct Siriana. Okay. Yeah, Clooney directed, uh, yeah, like you said, Monuments Men. Um, He did Ides of March, which I think is fantastic
1: as well. Did he do *Stare at Goats too, the men who stare at goats?
0: No, he did Leatherheads.
1: Leatherheads, oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, which was not good. So those are the two misses. Oh, and Suburbicon. So three misses, Leatherheads, Monuments, and Suburbicon. And then three hits, or three good ones, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, Good Night, Good Luck, and Ides of March. Uh, And then he has a new one coming out called The Midnight Sky, uh, which I don't know what he's directing himself. Okay. All right, well, that was my number six. Okay, all right. Uh, My number seven is, where is it here? Uh, American Gangster. Okay, go for it. Yeah, great film. Love this film, Ridley Scott. Denzel Washington, Russell Crowe. We've talked about it a number of times here on the on the show and had a fun time talking about it. It's certainly just a brilliant thing to watch an actual, uh, you know, uh, black American gangster uh, make it in the 67, late 60s, uh, 70s uh, and seeing the twists and turns of that story and how and the uh, I don't know, the ruthless way. He became successful, you know, hiding drugs inside the bodies or the coffins of uh, Vietnam veterans who were were being sent over from Vietnam, hiding the poppy and all of that. that They would do the heroin, heroin. all of that, yeah, all of that involved in this uh, throughout. And then seeing him run his crew and his crew is full of a who's who of uh, up and coming black actors at the time. Yeah. Uh, To I till Four plays his brother Common is in this thing. Yeah, there's a no. And the Cuba Gooding Jr. has a part as well as a a, a small part. Yeah, it's like a lower-level kind of rival gangster there and what they do yeah, with him.
1: calling his product the same as Denzel's. And they'll talk to him about the business aspects of basically you're diluting my my brand. The, yeah. The sending opium, the genius
0: yeah, of that. Evil genius of that, yeah.
1: Yeah, but still, it, it sucks that you didn't get into business.
0: Right, right. You could have, yeah. You've,
1: yeah. I mean, you've got the big picture kind of scope, because the stones to pull that off too is really? next level.
0: I agree, and especially a black man in the uh, fucking sixties and seventies. Are you kidding me?
1: Oh, and to be big stepping through New York, the power right. shift from the mob to him, right. and it's also a good. Uh, you only see the corrupt cops for the corrupt cops that they are, and then you got the Russell Crowe, but. The yeah. and crew and all that, then if you want to delve more into that, you've got, uh, what, Prince of the City and Serpico. Yeah,
0: yeah. Serpico. It's great stuff. Uh, anyway, good movie. I got to revisit Prince of the City, man. It's been a long, long time. It's good. I got to stop doing these shows, man, because I, I, my days are just filled with doing fucking shows every day. That. I miss being able to just wake up and go, oh, yeah, I got some hours. just flip through and watch something. You I, say I can't that. even do that
1: but then, in a month's time, you're going to have a new Twitch channel. Yeah, you're right, you're right. It's <laughs> exclusive. <laughs> it's just, John, you like to put a lot of irons in the fire. There's nothing wrong with it's that. Ter- well, I,
0: I I just, it's because I I've been poor my whole life, and so I now that there's a little bit of, of like possibilities here, I like to have a lot of irons in the fire. Sure. I like to have multiple revenue streams to keep me alive, man. You know. <laughs> Nothing but yeah, that. it's exhausting though. And I miss being able to just like on a Saturday, just pop on whatever the fuck I want to pop on. And Maybe I just need to schedule. Maybe I need to schedule like a schedule of the shows. This is John Rocco watching movies time. Yeah, maybe.
1: Maybe, maybe you do.
0: Because <laughs> Prince of the City, I remember watching that as a, a young man and, I, and I, I've always wanted to go back to it. And I remember mm. I used to rent it on VHS and it was two tapes. It was one of those films that was so long, it was like two tapes. Yeah. So I'd love to rediscover it again. And maybe that's the new, oh Jesus, never mind. Maybe
1: I that's the new it. shows. Show. Yes, yeah, sure. re- I just don't even. The Rediscover with John Rocha. <laughs> there
0: you go. <laughs> see, I can't He's even just do it. something I want to do without thinking of turning it into a show. Terrible. Uh Anyway. All right. Where are we at? Uh We had six. Uh, my American
1: six. Gangster, which, what was that?
0: That oh, yeah, was seven. That was my number seven. So then my six is Black Hawk Down.
1: Okay. Go for it.
0: Yeah. Um, oh man, this, I and I revisited this one again after I'd interviewed William Fickner a few months ago, uh, or last year, I guess. And I was just like, oh man, I haven't seen this one in a long time. And he spoke about it like after we had finished recording, he just talked about it because I had mentioned I'd served in the military. So he was like, you got to tell me you've seen this one. I was like, yeah, so i wait back. He's like, you got to revisit it. There's so much in it. Uh, and then I watched it again, and there's so many great actors throughout this thing like Banna again, Josh Hartnett uh tom Ian hardy McGregor. is a small ass part yeah you yeah, and mcgregor hardy. yeah 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 uh yeah it's uh,
1: a deep cast
0: yeah but i mean just what they go through there uh is such a unique experience and a lot of people who served during that theater of war or theater of whatever it was called um speak about that film like uh, world war ii veterans speak about private ryan the opening of private ryan that feeling that this is as realistic as you're going to get to what we were experiencing on the ground there uh, in uh, in Mogadishu. And so it's just um, it's such a uh, really, really well done film from Ridley Scott. And the cinematography is incredible. The tension that builds throughout the pacing of it all. So it's just one that sticks with me. Uh, and especially on the rewatch, it kind of uh, reminded me how damn good of a film that really is. So Sweet. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, we're up to your five, right? Yep. Um, okay.
1: My five is Bronson.
0: Oh, the Eric, ba- speaking of Eric, no, no, no. Ba, oh, the, Tom, Hardy. Tom Hardy. Oh yeah. Go ahead, man. The, you know,
1: England's most dangerous prisoner. <laughs> it, honestly, like it, it was early on. We're like, who is this Tom Hardy guy? And then you see something like Bronson. You're like, I get it. I yeah. get it. Yeah. He's got a magnetism and a charisma. Um, You know, he brings to life. That's why you can watch the, you know, the, what was the one where he's driving and his whole Lock. life is kind of unraveling. Lock. Thank you. Yeah. When I heard about that, I was like, I believe it. Like the guy always kind of yeah. creates a real character, even if I don't much care for the movie, so to speak, right. I still like his work in it. Um, you know, for, especially for an actor who started out as like a a model, like a yeah MTV over in England, kind of model ish type yeah. of dude. Yeah. And, uh, A lot of a number of people will be pigeonholed for that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and for him to really go off and create some super interesting art. And it's a character that will stick with you. You you don't want to root for him, but it's kind of hard not to want to root for Bronson in this. I just love him getting oiled up before like the guards are coming in because he's just, he knows the pain that's coming and it excites him. And it's a completely different mindset than I would assume 95% of the world exists at.
0: Yeah. I don't think he had done anything that was rumble the coast to Bronson until he did warrior. I thought like Mm -hmm. that's that, that idea of the um, how the physical is an extension of who he is as a man. And it has to be expressed in a certain way. And with Warrior, he is trying to, like, you know, kind of fight through things literally and figuratively in his life and in his mind. And in Bronson, he's using his size to intimidate and control his environment and to fuck with other people like the guards and what have you. So you're seeing that throughout. But, like, it's an incredible performance. From him. And, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm, I saw Bonna do Chopper. And I remember, I think within a year, I saw both of these, I think on VHS or DVD. Uh, Bronson and Chopper within a year of each other discovering. Uh, they, I think they'd come out obviously at different times, but like I just kind of was like, oh, who are these? Yeah. Guys? And seeing Chopper, I was just like, holy crap. Ola, man, this is incredible. Hardy has such a interesting energy as an actor, man. It's, uh, it's incredible to watch,
1: dude. Yeah, it's unique.
0: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very much so.
1: Only once, which was, uh, uh, how oh, fucking the symbiote that of, of Venom.
0: Oh, yeah, Venom. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. His choices in that didn't make sense to me. That's the only time he's ever done that in any movie I've ever seen him in.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or that's a TV actually, show.
1: Yeah. Every yeah, other well, I, time, like, it was just peaking. like. Yeah, Peaky Blinders. Oh. I like him as the Jewish guy. I bought, I bought every choice he made. Yep. Uh, or that one that kind of had like a, it was set in England again. I can't remember. Was it Taboo or something? Oh, like Taboo. That? I love Taboo. Yeah. yeah. Super interesting. Yep. But in every movie he's been in, then Venom was just the one where I'm like, I don't buy you as an investigative reporter.
0: <laughs> How you doing, I'm Eddie Brock. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to find out some things about your life. Yeah, no, it, I didn't, it didn't buy. Really it. Yeah, I agree. I think it's did... a little weird.
1: He could have easily done it. I just didn't. Yeah. What his choices to me made no sense. But anyway, uh, hey, Mrs.
0: Jenna, you know, uh, you know, all of that the, was a little strange.
1: The weird thing, like Bronson, came from a stable home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and unlike uh, was it Vicander and Shot Collar?
0: Oh, right. Yeah, yeah.
1: Where he takes to the life because he kind of has to. Right. He's forced into it because he wants to protect. Those around him right. and Bronson just kind of—he looks like a child back in the womb. <laughs> it's a much different take on it. Yeah. Uh,
0: anyway, and it's directed by the guy who did Drive as well, uh, Nicholas Wending Winding Refin. So, for anybody who's interested in seeing that one, uh, all right, where are we? Your next? five? Oh yeah, my five. Sorry, my five is uh, Frost Nixon. Okay, that is yeah. on the list. Okay. Ron Howard, Frost Nixon, great stuff. Michael Sheen uh, as uh, uh, David Frost and Frank Langella, who was just great in The Trial of the Chicago 7. If you haven't seen that yet, Matt, on Netflix, definitely watch that. He's so good in that. Um, And seeing him play Nixon, you know more hunched over Nixon is great. Oliver Platt's good. Sam Rockwell again, uh, and Kevin Bacon. So this whole, and Rebecca Hall as well. So the whole thing where they're figuring Hey, Matthew McFadden, of course, from Ripper street mm-hmm. as well, this whole thing where they're figuring out how to interview Nixon. Uh, and this is a real life interview that happened. And this is where you got the, the essential admittance that he did know about Watergate finally, once and for all. And uh, it's a fascinating film uh, because it explores the insecurities that, you know, we get so wrapped up in thinking that people who are on TV or on film are just, you know, oh, they had all this confidence to get there. They're totally fine. They were driven and determined. That's what the PR people tell you. But behind the scenes, there's a lot of insecurity, a lot of fear, a lot of worry, a lot of like uh, loss of self esteem, self worth issues, all of that to try to get to a position. Uh, where they can be successful. And David Frost, uh, as Michael Sheen plays him in the movie, that's what he's negotiating here. He's essentially a stock back in Britain. He's broke. Uh, and yeah. he's in the situation where this has to work or he really has no other option uh, in his life. So when your back's up against the wall, the fight or flight instinct makes sense. But can you do what needs to be done when your back is against the wall to... Mm-hmm. Not only survive, but to succeed, and not a lot of people can do that. And this movie really chronicles that uh, in a in a very um, I don't know consuming, uh, interesting way, in a very interesting way. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: a story that I didn't know about. Yeah, me either. Yeah. And then it comes out, and I was like, "This is just crazy." Where Nixon agrees to do it because he thinks it's going to be a puff piece, and he can yeah. steamroll right over Frost. And Frost wants to do it because he wants to legitimize himself so he can get off of just doing this stupid game show shit. Right. And nobody can believe that he got it of all right. the people. Why is it Frost? And then when you see it from Nixon's eyes, it'd be like, well, of course, he wants softball questions. Right. He, he, he only sees Frost for you know what he sees on TV, so assumes it'll just be nothing. He'll be able to right. intimidate and outfox him so right. he's in no real danger in this cat and mouse throughout. It's awesome. It's number two on my other list.
0: Oh, right, there you go. Uh, okay, what's your number four?
1: My four is Wonderland with Val Kilmer. Oh, the John Holmes one. The John right. Holmes where yeah, it's a man. cocaine deal, yeah. gone awry type of shit, which is you know the inspiration in Boogie Nights Oh, right. uh, with Alfred Molina coming in right. and uh, Thomas Jane type of thing. Right. And it's a true story. Happened here in Los Angeles in the San Fernando Valley, and I believe it was in the SFV, Uh yeah, it's just this you get to know John Holmes, and I don't know. I don't know what I kind of envisioned John Holmes to be like off screen. And it's weird to say that. Yes, I've seen John Holmes on screen. <laughs> uh, and I've never really thought about him. He's always been. Thank you. Yeah. He's, he's, he's. I've known his name since I've known about
0: porn. Right, of course.
1: Because he's always like, you know, he's just... He's the Kleenex. You know what I mean? The, yeah. the product that gets used in place of all the right. other companies that put it out. Well, he was the name of porn.
0: Yeah.
1: On some level, along with a couple other guys. So I, I had heard of him long before I ever saw
0: him. Right. Him and Ron uh, Jeremy. Yeah, basically.
1: Yeah, him and Ron Jeremy. Yeah. Um and uh I don't know, just Val Kilmer. Nobody saw this movie. And seen yeah, I never of, like,
0: seen it. Is it really oh, good? Is it worth it? It's okay. it's well,
1: he he's coked out of his mind for most of it. Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. He's this twitchy kind of. Sometimes he has confidence. Sometimes he doesn't. And yeah. the dust up that he gets into with all the drug dealers and whatnot, like he's so fearful of them, but he's trying to bullshit his way through it. Like yeah. a lot of people in Los Angeles, you know, fake it till you make it. Well, he True. takes that ethos kind of into the. He gets caught up with drug dealers. Wow. So it's already like he's a seedy type of dude that lives in a seedy world and finds the even seedier version.
0: Right, right.
1: And it's the co-mingling of his life as it kind of navigates, and it's in a short window of time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I've seen it a couple times. It's Okay. Val Kilmer is really good. Wish he would get more shots, but... You know, talk about a dude that had a reputation for a long time.
0: Well, yeah, and not anymore. I mean, with that cancer, throat cancer, his, yeah. he's done pretty much. Um, I don't know how he's going to play. I'm curious to see what his scenes are like in uh, Top Gun: Maverick when that thing ever comes out. So, um, yeah, because I, I, I saw what I saw some video with him, and he's he's literally like this. And the thing is, yeah, and he can barely speak. You're just like, he wears yeah. big
1: scar scarves yeah. to cover up all the scarring and whatnot, and
0: know. Yeah.
1: just yeah. terrible. Feel you know. Feel bad for anybody that's go through that.
0: Absolutely, especially someone as great as Val Kimber was as an actor, uh, and yeah, kind of is. All right, so that's number four. That's my four. Yeah. Okay, so then my four is uh, where's it Cinderella Man.
1: All right, that is on my other list, not on this one. Yeah,
0: yeah. Look, I, I, I just I love it. I, I don't know what to tell you. It's just one of these films that whenever it comes on, I get lost in it. You know, the, the Patty Considine side story. I wish they, I, if I could watch the movie and cut that art out, I'd be fine. Everything else is great about it, man. This is one of the greatest Russell Crowe performances, in my opinion. I think I I love it more than Beautiful Mind. I love it more than just about maybe even close to Gladiator for me in terms of the character, because yeah. Russell rarely play. And I thought um, I finally got to watch the, uh, the 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 in the Insider that one the one with the tobacco. I finally oh, yeah. got to watch that. But he rarely plays these characters, Matt, where he gets to be vulnerable, like supremely vulnerable. And in this movie, he is that. He's not. He's not weak in any way. He's actually a very proud, genuinely humble, noble guy. And this is not something he always plays. So to see him play against type and underplay the attack, him play the underdog, Russell Crowe playing the underdog is just mind blowing. Uh, a year after, a year or three years after fucking Gladiator. And you're just like it's incredible what he does with just real life, James J. Braddock, and his actual real journey back from uh, a wasted potential or loss of loss of potential to champion of the world, and what happens and, and how he's negotiating that through the depression, uh, and how he becomes this symbol of America to pick itself back up again and fight back into uh, prominence. And there's nothing America loves more than underdog because America, although it's the number one world power in the world. We always see ourselves as underdogs. And so it's just a crazy, crazy thing. Um, and he embodies that in the movie. And Zellweger is good. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, Giamatti's fan. Paul Giamatti's fantastic uh, throughout. So, And that scene where he's, like, uh, explaining to the commissioner of boxing after he's got a face. Uh, what's his face? Um, oh, no, I forget it. Max Bear. but I forget oh, the actor's yeah, name. I it's –
1: uh, I'll go keep talking and I'll okay. give me one second
0: when he's talking to him and telling, him, what are you trying to tell me that, uh, my, my, uh, that boxing is dangerous. you're trying to tell him something I don't know. Uh, let me tell you something about my profession and it is my profession. Uh, and then I, that moment is just so perfect. He's saying, I'm not afraid I'm going to take care of business here, or I'm going to face this demon or this unbeatable thing and I will rise above it. So it's just incredible. It's just incredible. So.
1: It's, it's Craig something.
0: Birko, Craig Birko. Craig. Oh, there you go. Nice, man. Ron Howard directed this too. And this is one of the best Ron Howard directed films as well for me. So. Um,
1: uh yeah. I'd have to look, but I mean it's in the top 5 for sure. Uh I'm a big fan of Backdraft. I like Apollo 13. Um
0: yeah, I'll take this film over all those.
1: Well, Just fine. me. I, I, really probably, I might take it over Backdraft. I'm not sure. I mean, it's an easier film to love just for because sure. it's an underdog story plus a sports story.
0: Yeah, uh, for sure. All, All right, right what's so your three? that was your
1: four. My yeah. three is uh, Find Me Guilty. Oh, the Vin Diesel one. The Vin Diesel. Nice,
0: dude. Good choice.
1: S- such a some, – someone tweeted at the two of us and was like, hey, who has – it was after that Versus discussion. Mm. I believe it was, and they were like uh, – um, Vin Diesel or The Rock. And I was like, as much as I don't like a lot of what Vin Diesel does, he's got someone whose resume that I think are pretty fucking excellent. Yeah. yeah. Whereas The Rock, I think is overall, he's actually a better actor, but he just hasn't put out anything worth the shit. Yeah.
0: I, uh, I don't think I've seen other than Snitch, I think is what it's called. I don't see The Rock. I don't, I've never seen The Rock do anything remotely close to what Vin does and find me guilty. That's for sure.
1: I don't, it's, such a great, how I mean, the charm. Mm-hmm. I've never seen him do this again.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, it's so Good weird. Point.
1: It's like it's like Matthew Broderick as Ferris Bueller.
0: Yeah, like you, you were never
1: cool again, and somehow yep. you'd be you the epitome of cool. And like in this, dude, you have nothing but charm as this mobster that's defending himself in a room full. Like they're all getting taken down with one Rico case, got lumped right. in together, and uh, I. I think it's it's all. If you've never seen it, um, you know it's a, it's obviously based on New York crime family stuff. It's a true story. Go watch yeah. it. I don't want to spoil it. It is Vin Diesel quite <laughs> possibly at his best. Quite possibly. There's nothing yeah. really to spoil because you know exactly where it's going to go ultimately. Right. But I want you to kind of go in with fresh eyes um, and low expectations because I think it's just. I watched it on DVD and I was like, "The fuck is this?" <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean this was a big deal cuz a lot of people made fun of him for trying to do this movie and play this kind of character cuz they wanted to ba- basically put Vin Diesel in this action movie star long yeah, he head black. box. Yeah, pitch black and stuff. They didn't want to see him try to do something like this and uh, he fought really really hard to get this done and to be the person who is the lead and you know put the hair on and do the whole thing and you know um I think he did an excellent job, you know. So um that's your three so then my three is uh, catch me if you can which we've talked about a million times i don't know which more i could add to it
1: yeah it, it made it on my uh other list yeah. yeah 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 i i got an idea of your top
0: two probably probably um all right go ahead what's your two
1: uh my number two meduse is w
0: W is on my uh, uh, honorable Almost. mentions. Almost made it. Oh, it was so close, dude. So close. The weird thing, so
1: I don't think it got the love because people here in town thought it was going to be a hit job on Bush and they were gearing up for a hit job on Bush. Yeah. And people then on the other side want nothing but a love story of the guy. And it's not that either. I think it's some of Oliver Stone's actual best directing where unvarnished kind of gives you an essence of who this person was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And in no way is trying to make him look any dumber than he actually is, or any smarter than he actually is any, any more compassionate or less compassionate. I think it is an honest take yeah. on George W. Bush. Right. And uh, I, I mean, I th- surprised the number of times I've watched it
0: uh it's a really really well done movie man and it's and of course we found out later oliver stone kind of has been leaning more conservative yeah. as he's gotten older and maybe this was the beginning of that a little bit here uh but you're right it's a very even-handed story and listen i i i like that i i don't want to see films like the contender or other films yeah. that like portray one side as super bad and we're super yeah. good yeah it was
1: all sh- altruistic
0: Right. In my own life, it's my own feelings. But on the screen, I like to have balance and and uh, complexity and nuance in these characters that makes them interesting to watch. So if I'm going to spend two hours in a movie theater and spend money, uh, I want to see fleshed out characters that challenge me to like them or not like them or hear their logic and process it and try to figure out if I am on their side against my own better judgment. And that's fascinating to watch. And I think W does that. Josh Brolin delivers an incredible performance. Uh, Elizabeth Banks has never been better in a drama than she was in this movie. Um, I forget who else plays the other characters, but all of it works so well. Um, I mean,
1: to take something that that was ridiculed, the uh, I'm the decider. Right, right. We knew about Bush and it just sounded like a child to see it in the context of the movie of how it built to that. And was born out of frustration and yeah. standing up to Cheney and his father. And as even though his father isn't there, but all these guys are his father's guys, rumsfeld and Cheney. And it's like, he surrounded himself with his father's cronies. Right. So when he stands up to him, he's standing up to his father, like asserting himself and being his own man. Yeah. And what was previously easy to mock once you see the journey of the individual, at least in this movie, yeah. you, I, you can understand why he would boil it down. Like it, just the, I can't put into words, my frustration that has led up to this. Yeah. And putting my foot down and it makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Um, it it's helped me kind of shape the perspective that I've put on him since then.
0: Well, I mean, um, the Obamas are friends with legitimate friends with that man, so that tells you that, yeah. Whatever he did, and whatever your issues may have been with him, and I had some when he was in certainly president. So sure did I. Uh, there is more to the man than you think, mm-hmm. uh, and clearly the stuff that we didn't like was probably more from the Cheney side of things than it was Quite the George W. Bush side of things. Doesn't keep him, doesn't take him off the hook, but it's certainly when you watch this movie. It's a whole other uh, way to kind of approach this thing, and it's an incredible cast: Jeffrey Wright, Tanny Newton, Richard Dreyfuss plays Cheney, um, and Elizabeth Banks, like I mentioned earlier, and There's a number of uh, Toby Jones playing. I thought Toby Jones was great as Carl Rove. I know, it was just
1: the perfect Carl Rove.
0: Yeah, man, just the way yeah. he – the confidence with which he slid into every scene and the condescension. Yeah. You know, oh man!
1: But when he it just sides up to him and new knowing. Yeah. This guy has the goods, and if I can just craft the message, I can I can make you president of the United States. Yeah, and it's so weird. Like you see that I genuinely believe that that uh, he is Christian. He, he very well could be the most Christian
0: president. Yeah, yeah, Quite of my life.
1: You can make a case for Barack.
0: Yeah, um, sure.
1: But outside of that, it's like this, this dude. I genuinely believed yeah. that which he was talking about, yeah. which is rare in politics. As opposed to just pandering for the votes,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, it's it's a game of politics, man. It's what they do. They pander all kinds of different ways to get the votes. Yep, we all know that about them.
0: Yep, and no matter who it is, they they all do it. So
1: yeah, it it may not be that issue specifically. It's something else. Right. 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 It's like watching AOC play whatever that video game is, and it got four hundred thousand. Yeah,
0: Yeah. a couple of. You think she gives a
1: shit about? Maybe she likes video games, or maybe (laughs) she is pandering. To her future base and being like, I'm still hip and I'm cool and I'm this and whatnot. Right. Who knows? Or she's looking at it and be like, they'll be voting in four years or eight years. And I've kind of planted a flag in their head. It's fucking pandering. (laughs) Even if you like the person, it's still pandering.
0: It's true. true. Uh, Anyway, Uh,
1: W is great. And it's my number two.
0: All right. Uh, My number two uh, is uh, Almost Famous.
1: Okay. Solid choice.
0: Yeah, just I – I actually went back again and watched it a few months ago and I just was like, yeah, this is as good as I remember it being. Um, and it's like this um, time capsule film, you know. Mm-hmm. This is Kate Hudson before she becomes Kate Hudson. Uh, this is one of the greatest Philip uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman character performances before he starts becoming a lead. Okay. Um and uh, Patrick Fugit is fantastic. Francis McDormand is great, and this is Zoe Billy Deschanel Cruz. before she becomes Zoe Deschanel. Do you know what I'm saying? It's it's a great snapshot of so many good actors just before Anna Paquin just before they kind of roll into this. And with pa- Paquin, obviously, it's a second life as a, as an actress in The True Blood and what have you. Yeah. But you're seeing so many great. And Jason uh, Jason He's Lee great. is is so damn good. Billy Crudup before Mm -hmm. Billy starts to do these more mature roles and like P. Fontaine and all that. So you're seeing a great uh, snapshot. Plus, it's a revisit of that time in the 70s. For those of us who grew up at a certain time, like that rock and roll 70s is great to revisit and walk back into and all that was uh, going on there.
1: That was so long before I was born. I don't don't know what was (laughs)
0: like. Okay, guy. Okay, but the uh, the the scene in the plane is brilliant, and juxtapose that with the scene in the bus, which is so um, I don't know, moving. Uh, uh, All of it, just this journey of what he's experiencing, Uh, and that's Cameron Crowe's real life story of when he got assigned to do as a young kid. Yeah, to do a Rolling Stone. piece on this group that i think it was the i think it was zeppelin or one of these other groups or cream was one of these groups yeah and so when you watch the movie it is just so it's just a snapshot to me just feels like a snapshot before all this other stuff starts happening in the world of films but this is just something that stands out on its own and it's one of the last best cam and crow films. a lot of people argue it's his greatest film so
1: i mean it's his last because yeah. then you're you're talking about, what, Vanilla Sky? It's all right.
0: I think Vanilla Sky is watchable, but it's nowhere near as good as his other stuff. Yeah, I agree. What,
1: what, what was that one with uh, Susan Sarandon and...
0: Uh, oh, like Elizabeth
1: a, Town? Uh, Orlando Bloom. Yeah, Elizabeth Town.
0: Yeah, Elizabeth Town.
1: Never saw it. I heard it was terrible. Yeah,
0: me too. I've never seen it. We I bought it too Woof. Aloha? Woof. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Although I do like casting two white actors in the part of Native Hawaiian, <laughs> I do support that. So, so long as we can get more of that.
0: Yeah, right. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, because it's be- like, it's basically almost famous Jerry Maguire and say anything, singles I can take or leave. Uh, Vanilla, like Sky, singles, but at the time, capital. Right, it is, right? Of the 90s grunge era. Yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 Anyway, all right. Well, that was my two. What's your one?
1: Um, my number one is Rescue Dawn. Though Werner Herzog.
0: Oh shit! Christian the PL- Bale. Right, the POW one.
1: Uh huh. Right. Okay. They get yeah they're they're in what Cambodia?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And they get stuck behind enemy lines, and uh, it's him and Steve Zahn okay. and uh, oh, what's his name? That that skittish actor. It's really uh, thin and lanky. He plays the oh, boyfriend love interest in Secretary to Maggie Gyllenhaal. He plays uh,
0: DJ Qualls No,
1: no, it's not DJ Qualls but someone of that kind of uh, body type. Okay. Shit, what is his name? He's a great actor.
0: Oh, uh, is he? Was he Lost? Was it? Is yes. Jer- Jeremy something. Oh, fuck.
1: yeah, it starts with an S, doesn't it? Um, I can't pull What's it. What's his
0: name? Damn it. Uh, yep, 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 yep. He was, he was yeah, uh, Jeremy Davies. Jeremy, Jeremy Davies. Davies.
1: Yep. Damn it, yep. it wasn't an S. I thought it was an S.
0: Yeah, well, the, it ends in an S.
1: Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I got a one in 26 chance of getting this right, so. Thankfully, last names are longer than a letter. Dude,
0: I Thanks forgot he remember. was in uh, Secretary. Totally forgot he was in Secretary.
1: Yeah, what he's remember? the the sheepish little boyfriend then, then she meets the man that
0: is James yeah, Spader. James Spader
1: dusts him off to the side, <laughs> but he plays the guy that doesn't want. It. It's like uh, the the uh, Brooks not wanting to leave the prison because he's oh, institutionalized.
0: Wow. Right, right.
1: He doesn't want to leave because it's just like, well, we get food here, even though it's a little bit. And what? Where are we going to run to? They have guns. We're never going to make it out. Right. And I mean, Christian Bale and Steve Zahn are. So out of their mind from exhaustion and malnutrition right. and stress and everything else that you would go through in that situation. And they they get out and it's just everything they have to go through to get through the jungle. Like the jungle is already, it's another barrier on top of this. It's like yeah. Star Trek fucking, uh, what is that? Six. It's Rurpente.
0: Yeah. Rurpente. Yeah.
1: It's the Siberia of, it's fine if you make it off. Good <laughs> luck actually getting out of here. The, the, the thing about Alcatraz, you may get off, but the water is so consistently cold, plus the current is so fast that you're yeah. going to drown. So, good luck. <laughs> and now, what is that real estate worth? I mean, billions. Right. Right. They should probably just tear down the prison at this point. Yeah. Uh, wow. But it's part of our past. We're like, it's a fucking prison. I understand what you're saying, but. Right. You got a hell of a homeless problem up there in San Francisco. Maybe we open up some of uh, this. Available housing over here. Put some turn, turn Alcatraz into some chic loft condos. <laughs> Sell those fucking things. The, the Al Capone suite goes for ten million.
0: <laughs> yeah. Let's make it happen. I love it.
1: Um cool. Yeah, so re- re- rescued on um yeah, you know, to uh, Warner Hurst dog showing more range than almost any other kind of artistic person.
0: Yeah. Wow, interesting. Okay. All right. Uh, I've never seen it. So at some point, I'm probably going to have to watch that thing.
1: Oh, you've never seen Rescue Dawn? I haven't.
0: Because totally. I, I love Werner Herzog. So it's, it's one of those holes in his resume. Totally off. Okay. All right. All right. I'll a, I'll schedule that one too. Um, <laughs> my number one is uh, Zodiac, which we've talked about a million yes. times. So there's nothing new I can add to that or Matt. Okay.
1: Like. I thought Zodiac was in the guessing for top two. It's my yeah. number one on my other list. Ah, yeah. So I'm happy to put it number one on the overall list.
0: OK. Uh, yeah. So there's our separate list. Let's compile this thing. Uh, why not? Yeah.
1: The assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford.
0: Yeah, because that's not necessarily based on true events in my mind, because, yes, he was killed, but it's okay. a more of a fantastical retelling of it that okay. isn't really based on any actual fact other than he did shoot him and kill him. So what they create uh, isn't necessarily – but, yeah, dude, I struggled hard with that one. But uh, I, I just – in the end, I was like, that it's not really based on true events. It's based on one true event. Um, all right, I'm going to grab the bongos real quick. I forgot to grab them.
1: Oh, uh, Zodiac has got to be our number one. I would say Frost Nixon would probably be our number two because – it was two on my honest list, and it ends up at his, like, number four type of thing. So we we shall see momentarily. We shall okay. see. Uh, so I say Zodiac one. Yep. And then Frost, Nixon two, because it was two on my honest list. And where is it, like, three or four on yours?
0: Five on my list. Yeah. Five. Okay. So. I'm cool with
1: that. And it puts it higher. And if then if you want to go. Oops. Yeah. Cinderella man next sure uh and then uh, my number one rescue dawn sure
0: i have catch me if you can at number three all right oh sorry.
1: yeah um i have my 2w
0: okay that's fine
1: What's your next highest?
0: Uh, Frost. Oh, we put Frost in? Yep. So if we put Zodiac, Almost Famous, Catch Me If You Can at number three, Cinderella Man, Frost Knicks. Are those all in? Yeah. Okay. Then uh, Black Hawk Down at six is my next highest.
1: All right. Find Me Guilty at four. Okay. No, pardon me, at three. And then I got Wonderland at four. Okay. And then I have got my five of Bronson.
0: Okay. Does that round us
1: out? And uh, we have one more left. Um, what was your six again? I'm sorry.
0: Black Hawk Down. Uh,
1: that versus Confligate, Black Hawk. That makes more sense. Black Hawk Down. Okay. Done and done. And Angela will be reading your list in just a second.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's see the top ten films based on a true story from 2000 to 2009? Yeah. All right. Here we go. At number ten, Black Hawk Down. At number nine. Bronson. At number eight. Wonderland. At number seven. Find me guilty. At number six. W. At number five. Catch me if you can. At number four.
1: Rescue Dawn. At number three. Cinderella Man. At number two. Frost
0: Nixon. At number one is zodiac there it is the number one film zodiac pretty pretty cool stuff man pretty cool stuff um all right what's angela's uh
1: angela says uh thank you for all the great content and i'm so excited that you chose one of my topics much harder than it seems to figure out which goes where on the list very true torn between what i watch again over and over and what movies i think are well executed (laughs) but don't watch all the time welcome Welcome to to our life every week Props to you guys for doing this every week. There you go. Uh, You always make my day a little brighter when I listen to you. Love that I can support your show. Thank you very much, Angela. And her number 10 is The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Good for you. Oh, nice. Nine is Miss Potter.
0: Oh, yes. Eight
1: is Valkyrie. Mm. Seven is We Are Marshall. Mm. Six is A Beautiful Mind. Five is The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward, Robert Ford. Four is Walk the Line. Three is Miracle. Two is Finding Neverland, and number one is Cinderella
0: Man. Oh, Cinderella is, yes! Cinderella Man, nice. Good choice, Angela Dasher, nice stuff. Um, I got to run in five minutes. Do we have time to do the shout-outs, or can we push nah, this we'll, next
1: week? Yeah, we'll save it since you got a heart out right now. Okay. Um, Sorry,
0: everybody who's listening. We will definitely do the shout-outs next week. This is on me, not on Matt. It's on me. I have to do something else. Uh, but definitely we'll do the shout-outs to everyone who supports our show next week.
1: And um, for those that are on Instagram, if you want to, uh, Bobby Carney is killing it on Instagram for us as well as on Twitter. Just the best. And uh, so if you want to go over there and follow us over there and check out what he's doing on Instagram, it's uh, at the top 10 podcast with the number 10. So hit us up over there and watch that. And then for golden ticket people. um, Let's see. By the time you're hearing this one, we'll have one week left. And then uh, the first round is done, and we're going to take two weeks off uh, as we kind of figure out everybody's schedules and start recording and all that jazz again. So uh, take a two-week hiatus, it looks like right now, from Golden Ticket, and then we'll be right back at it for round two, getting that much closer to having them on. And uh, you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. Uh, Check out Settle the Score anywhere you listen to podcasts. And uh, that's it for me, man
0: cool you can check me out at the rogue says on twitter and instagram as you see down below there don't forget our patron as matt was uh, stating earlier matt patreon.com slash the top 10 the number there go see the multiple tiers go be part of topic thunder go be part of golden ticket the next time we roll around with it uh and of course enjoy all the content we're doing here on the show uh and if you're listening to us on the podcast feed go and subscribe to the youtube channel as well the top 10 youtube channel so you can see our pretty little faces talking about all this stuff uh and and you know bring you some more smiles uh to your day for sure Uh, And if you want, please come over to my YouTube channel as well, youtube.com slash John Roca says and come and enjoy all the stuff I got going on in the world there as well. All right. That's it from us. Uh, Thank you all so much for listening or watching. uh, This week's The Top Ten Show. We'll talk to you next time.